In this week's episode of Farmers Inside Track, farming is a laborious and capital-intensive business with numerous risks, but there are a few commodities that yield better financial return, like pig farming. Don't miss today's 10 easy steps to run a profitable pig farming business. At the end of apartheid, Kelly Kubu, along with many other black South Africans, was able to reclaim her ancestral farmland and thus she unexpectedly became a farmer. She shares her vision to educate these newfound landowners while her AgTech Accelerator focuses on teaching urban female farmers how to profit from their land. Farmers chose Start Your Own Business, the only startup book you'll ever need by Riva Lazansky as their book of the week. Packed with expert advice, this book demystifies the startup process with answers to the most commonly asked questions about starting a small business. South Africa is fast becoming a significant player in the farming and export of saffron, by far the world's most expensive spice. After years of perfecting the art of saffron cultivation in the Northern Cape, Benny Engelbrecht, the founder and director of Saffronic, talks about the opportunities now open to Mzanzi's farmers. And Mpumalanga vegetable farmer Gugule Tumatlangu's farming mantra is diversify and plan ahead. She says farming may be the cornerstone of your business, but consider what else you and your enterprise could do to achieve the best return from your assets. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food for Mzansi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey Mzanzi, welcome to episode 63 of Food for Mzanzi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu, and it's great to be back with another exciting episode. And I'm Duncan Masiwa. Wow, Dawn, time flies when you're having fun. But you might just have to pinch me. Has it really already been 63 weeks? Wow, what an exciting journey it's been, eh? So let's kick off today's show. Now, farming is a laborious and capital-intensive business. Luckily, there are a few commodities that yield better financial return, like pig farming. Journalist Donovan Eden has put together 10 easy steps to run a profitable pig farming business. Over to you, Donna. Many people believe that farming with pigs is just too difficult or too dirty to even attempt. This week, I connected with Free State pig farmer Mosele Lepeyan to find out exactly how you can start your own piggery and make a success and a profit. Step one is a reminder that shortcuts are expensive. Mosele believes pig farming, or rather farming as a whole, is not a get-rich-quick business. If you want to avoid making the wrong decisions at the start, she suggests that registering for a short course in piggery is a must-do for beginner pig farmers. Step two, get that land, baby. The South African Pork Producers Organization, otherwise known as SAPO, is the mouthpiece of pork producers in South Africa. While it is the responsibility of any farmer to acquire land, SAPO is able to advise farmers on the required land size. Step three is finding a market first. SAPO's guidelines recommend that any prospective pig farmer must ensure that, prior to starting the operation of piggery, there is a secured market within a reasonable distance from the production point. 
Step four is where you get your business plan and finances in order. Due to the intensiveness and complexity of pig farming, it is an enterprise that requires high startup capital. Get quotations from input suppliers and approach financial institutions for financial assistance. Step five is finally getting to build a structure for the pigs. Firstly, you need to decide how many pigs you want to farm with. This will determine the size of the structure. So build a structure after you decide how many pigs you want to farm with. Step six, feed, feed, feed. There are two options here. Buy ready mix feed provided by manufacturers or mix your own. Buying the ready-made mix is the more costly option and Mosele advises mixing your own in order to reduce costs. Step seven is equipment. Mosele has a list of equipment that farmers must have if they want to start farming with pigs. Starting with a source of constant fresh water, like a Jojo storage tank, a bucky and a trailer, or a truck, or both, a hammer mill if you opt to self-mix the feed, a weight scale, and storage space for the pig's feed. At step 8, we're looking at cash flow cycles. As mentioned before, pig farming is not a get-rich-quick business. There are a few different places in the pig selling value chain where you can fit in. You can become a breeder, where you only breed and sell piglets. This will entail selling piglets at 4 weeks or when they weigh around 18 to 21 kilograms. Other farmers choose to grow the pigs until adulthood and selling them then. Step 9 is watching out for disease. The tip to learn here is that regular vaccination and vet visits are very important when you want to start a pig farm. And finally, step 10. Besides doing sufficient research before starting your own pig farm, Mosele suggests that you should subscribe to industry literature. She also advises reaching out to fellow pig farmers and joining farmers, chat groups and organizations online. Thanks, Donna, for sharing those 10 easy steps on how a farmer can run a profitable farming business. Next up, Kelu Kubu is a farmer who started her career in finance. In a 2018 TED Talk, Kelu talks about her farming journey and her ag tech accelerator, focusing specifically on empowering female farmers in South Africa. When I introduce myself as a farmer, the response is usually, wow, why? <laughs> farming is hard. I grew up in rural South Africa. When other children my age were out playing, I would take along with my grandmother to go visit her friends and siblings. The visits were dominated by conversations around land and agriculture. How in the 1890s, their grandfathers bought land from British and Dutch colonialists, only to have that land taken away by the apartheid government. Most of the time, I had no idea what they were talking about. My job was to listen and make a good pot of tea. Now and again, my grandmother would say, Kelo, if you take care of the land, it will take care of you. At 13, everything changed. My grandmother passed on, and I moved to a boarding school in the nearby city. Like most young people growing up in a village, I had no intentions of going back. I would not have to worry about taking care of the land. After graduating with a degree in finance, I started a career in banking. As my career advanced, I found myself working in a large European city. Back home, South Africa was being transformed. Nelson Mandela had been appointed the first democratic president. Apartheid was over, at least on paper. The country was forging a new path. In Europe, the constant harassment by people asking me when I would go back to Africa strengthened my resolve to go home and claim my ancestral land. 
It had been 105 years since the infamous Natives' Land of 1913, an act which relegated 67% of the population, by virtue of being black, to only 7% of the country's landmass, and reserved 93% exclusively for Europeans. Any land that was owned by blacks in the 93% was taken away. The interim constitution that was adopted in 1994 made it possible for Black South Africans to claim their land back. My ancestral land, which had been taken, was returned. On the land, there was a vanadium mine. The mine company agreed to pay the landowners annual royalties. This became the preferred option for most of my family members. I wanted something else. I wanted to farm. I went back to South Africa to claim the piece of the land that had been put aside for farming. My transition to farming put me in spaces where I found myself having conversations with middle-aged Afrikaans white men who did not understand why I wanted to farm. Something they considered was their exclusive domain. I went looking for women who were farmers. I listened to their stories. Women are critical for food security. In most developing countries, they are responsible for nutrition at a household level through producing, purchasing, and preparing the food. If we invest in female farmers, we could increase yields on their farms by up to 30 percent and lift up to 105 million people out of poverty. This, according to the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization, whether I was talking to women from Mozambique, South Africa, Botswana, or Tanzania, there was a constant thread: access to land and finance. Here's the thing: without land, women are cut from access to finance. Without credit, they're not able to buy seeds, fertilizers, machinery, or improve. The land that they farm. Investing in female farmers is probably the most important things that one can do in places like Southern Africa. This is how Beo was formed. Beo is an accelerator that focuses on investing in female farmers. I'm taking years of experience, networks, mentors, and putting them into a program where I will help female farmers, firstly in South Africa. Then, in other parts of the region, to accelerate what would probably take five to seven years into a shorter program to make their farming sustainable. Today, women stand as much a chance as men to make farming a success. Advances in technology are helping us reimagine how we think about food. Farming decisions will soon be made possibly by machines. So, next time you meet a female farmer. Don't ask them why. Farming is hard. Rather think about your relationship with food. Think about the farmers who grow it. Seek out the female farmers amongst them. Support them. Thanks for joining us, Kelo Kubo, founder of Pio, a ag tech accelerator focusing on the empowerment of female farmers in South Africa. Next up, Mzanzi is fast becoming a significant player in the farming and export of saffron. After years of perfecting the art of saffron cultivation in the Northern Cape, Benny Engelbrecht, the founder and director of Safricon, is now tapping into the opportunities available to Mzansi farmers. 
Putwum Zanzi co-founder Iva Price breaks down what farmers should know when it comes to saffron farming. Hey, Dylan and Duncan. Yes, it's all terribly exciting. Until now, everybody in the agricultural space sort of had the eyes on the new kid on the block, which was cannabis cultivation. And cannabis still remains highly important. But out of the blue comes along a product that many of us didn't even know it existed. It's called saffron. Until now, it's mostly been farmed in the Middle East. But a bunch of farmers in the Northern Cape involved in a company called Safricon have quietly been perfecting the art of saffron cultivation between Carnarvon and Williston in the Northern Cape. And now opportunities have opened up for other farmers, specifically also up-and-coming farmers. They say South Africa is fast becoming a significant player in the farming and export of saffron. So for the local economy, they say this offers an invaluable source of foreign income from exports. And it also assists small-scale farmers. And that's the view of Benny Engelbrecht, who's the founder and director of Safricon. And he tells us in an interview with Foodform Zansi that Safran offers an alternative source of income through diversification. And regular listeners of Farmers Inside Track will understand the importance of diversification. And especially considering the ever-changing weather patterns, market trends, and other variables that ultimately impact on farmers and their existing operations. So Safricon has now reached the next stage of opening up opportunities in Saffron to other prospective farmers and they want farmers to get in touch with them. The article is on Food for Mzansi. If you're successful, you'll basically get what they call an outgrower contract. It's basically a contract that allows you to grow Saffron, a three-year contract. Safricon will supply you with the Saffron corms, which is basically the flower bulbs. And you will then plant and cultivate it before harvesting the Saffron threads and the annual crop will then be sold back to Safricon. So under favorable conditions, they say the corms multiply underground on average about three times a year. And the long and the short of this story is that the corms are then sold back to Safricon after three years. And they promise farmers that they'll guarantee your take-up. In other words, they'll buy it back from you. No questions asked. And of course, there's the double income potential. You'll get money from the annual saffron harvest over three years. And then you'll also get some big bucks from the multiplied corn. So all the information is now available on Food for Mzansi. It's the right time to invest in saffron. Check out our article, Saffron, they say, could be pure gold for new era farmers. Back to you, Don and Duncan. That was Food for Mzansi co-founder, Ivor Price. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring. And that's an ideal worth preserving. It's yummy. It's good for you. And the whole family loves it. It's grain-filled chickens, proudly South African and mouth-wateringly delicious. Discover a world of tasty goodness and visit Grain-Filled Chickens for CO Rizzeri or like our Facebook page for more. Grain-Filled Chickens, a proud member of VKB. VKB, for the love of the land. You're listening to Farmers Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Food for Mzanzi. Now for our book of the week, as selected by our farmers, we'll look at a book titled Start Your Own Business, the only starter book you'll ever need by Riva Lasonsky. The book is packed with expert advice and demystifies the starter process with answers to the most commonly asked questions about starting a small business. Here's Riva Lasonsky about why she decided to write this book. 
One of the things is, is, and I've heard it, you know, bandied about a lot this week. One, don't worry about economic times. I mean, unless you're just don't even worry about it. Have your idea, figure out how you're going to do it and go ahead and start your business. There was a, a saying in the Bible that says, if you wait until the wind and the weather are just right, you will never reap or harvest anything, mm-hmm. which basically boils down to any time is the right time. No. There's no such thing as the perfect time. So do it. And then one of the other things is everybody's been saying, and I think I even said it myself, you know, you have to be passionate about what you're doing. First of all, not everybody's going to love your passion because you're passionate about it. Doesn't mean there's an audience out there willing to pay money for it. And the other things, think about all the service businesses that you use or even retail places that Mm -hmm. you go to in the course of a day. I don't know that anybody spent their entire childhood saying, I want to grow up to be a dry cleaner, but we all go to the dry cleaners and dry cleaners. There's a need. So sometimes don't focus on you and what your passion is. Look at what the audience you know, the clientele wants. And if you can fill that need, that's really what's important. And it's okay for the big guys to come in, you know, Macy's or some other department store can come out with orange purses this year. But if you build your whole business around orange purses and you've got a three-month season, so last year. So if you're a small business and you're getting started, look at the broader audience and don't focus on what's hot. Focus on what people need. Now, that definitely sounds like a must-read. That was, of course, Reva Lasansky, the author of Start Your Own Business, the only starter book you'll ever need. Remember, you can email info at foodformzanzi.co.za if you want to suggest the next book of the week. Next up, West Coast macadamia nut farmer Eric Van Sale saw a gap to create a multilingual, proudly South African farming app called Agri Assistant. Eric now joins us to explain the app's features and why it's a must for any Umzanzi farmer. Agri Assistant is a must download app for all farmers in Africa. With this app, you get access to free information for a wide variety of agricultural practices. Users are able to download the app for free and with access to features like knowledge resources for various agricultural practices, technical manuals for various pieces of equipment such as irrigation, control computers, tractors, etc. Countrywide business directory listing contact details for services relevant to farmers, countrywide listing of organizations that support farmers, news relevant to the farming industry, Weather forecast and live weather map. We also included the first aid section where users can follow instructions in case of emergency situation. While the app is still young, we are planning to expand AgriAssistant to include all types of farming. We want all farmers to have all the relevant information right at their fingertips. That's why it's a golden opportunity for agribusinesses to promote themselves and get involved in AgriAssistant. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. Remember to stay tuned for our chat with Mpumalanga vegetable farmer Kugule Tumatlangu. But first, on a lighter note, who doesn't love a good biryani? Aprina Puma, owner of pre-made a Johannesburg-based catering company, has the perfect mouth-watering recipe. And guess what? It's not as complicated as it looks. We promise. For the key ingredient, I would have to say butter. Butter, butter, butter. 
Butter makes everything delicious. It adds so much of flavor to your meals. It's obviously a fat, so it's good to fry things in butter, fry garlic in butter, fry onions in butter, fry dry spices in butter. I just think butter brings everybody together. It's lovely spread on bread. It, it's fantastic. The taste is amazing. It's good for you. I believe so. It's really good for you. Add some butter to your life and it just adds flavor to your food, a whole different dimension. That is butter, pure 100% butter. And if you can get your hands on ghee, well, there we go. Hope you hope that's good for you. Thanks, Chef Apriana Palmer. To our listeners, if you suffer from FOMO, be sure to check out her interview and recipe on foodformzanzi.co.za. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. Right through all departments and companies within the VKB Group, we know that farming is not just a job. It's a way of life. Let VKB help you in all aspects of the food value chain by efficiently reducing costs and optimizing value. Follow VKB on Facebook or vkb.co.za to find out how VKB can help you. VKB, for the love of the land. We've just about reached the end of this week's Farmer's Inside Track episode. But before we let you go, Bumalanga vegetable farmer Hugule Tumatlangu's farming mantra is diversify and plan ahead. She believes that farming may be the cornerstone of your business, but consider what else you and your enterprise could do to achieve the best return from your assets. My farming tip would be to diversify and plan ahead. Carry out a business audit to understand the resources available within your business. Farming may be the cornerstone of your business, but consider what else you and your enterprise could do to achieve the best return from your assets. Remember, what is perhaps not an opportunity now may be in the next five years, and it's therefore worthwhile investigating this now so that you can get ahead of the market. Google Etu Mashlangu's Farmer Tip of the Week brings us to the end of this week's Farmer's Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Food for Mzanzi. For more daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists who go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Remember, if you loved this podcast, Please rate and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. Farmers Inside Track is available for free on Spotify, Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. And of course, also on foodformzanzi.co.za. From me, Duncan Masiwa, Dawn Numdu and the rest of Team Food from Zanzi, have a great week. And remember to continue keeping each other safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.